I have an idea I want to run by you guys. Oh, all right. Please, I'd love a chat idea. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of shit going on in the world. A lot of bad stuff. I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you I don't know if you know. Have you heard about this? I don't know. Things are going things are going pretty good over here for me. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I can't even say like internationally. I feel like is unresolved. There's there's wars. There's war crimes. There's a bunch of, and and all these countries are like. How do we fix this? Because we don't want to start World War Three. That'd be a real bad. That'd be mm-hmm. a big bummer. Mm-hmm. I hope that's not your idea. No, no, God, no. Every, this is to prevent World War Three. Okay. This is this is what if every country mm-hmm. had a giant robot? <laughs> well, see, I've already pitched. Maybe they all get G Gundam. Okay. Right. That's mm-hmm. everyone gets their own robot. Okay. Which is I I've improved upon this pitch. It's not that everyone gets their own G Gundam with mm-hmm. like, you know, their culturally insensitive parodies of themselves. If they're providing the culturally insensitive version of themselves, it's probably not so bad, right? They I came guess up with it. Yeah, I guess the Neo Mexico built the Gundam and called it Tequila Gundam. I guess they chose to do that. But but that's a distraction from this this new idea. Mm-hmm. Cuz that is the danger of that plan was that all it takes is one real good pilot to fuck shit up for everyone, i.e. Neo Germany just mm. kind of going rogue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What I'm saying is everyone gets their own Voltron lion. What is that? Please exp- extrapolate on Voltron a, lion. A, a Voltron lion? They get their, you know, a Voltron. Oh, that's right. There, each one is a little lion. I forgot about each that. Each one's a little lion. Power Rangers also, you know, Super Sentai did this as well. Sure. You're saying we all get one fifth of a giant robot, and yeah. at least five countries have to work together. Yes. You're saying that a couple countries should be able to get together. This sounds exactly like how we got World War II. Mm, okay, but like. Here's the thing. World War II had what? Like the the evil axis had three armies, right? They can't form a Voltron with three lions. They had a couple more than that, but but yes. <laughs> <laughs> the propaganda posters only said Italy, <laughs> Japan, and Germany. Those are the only ones I knew about. And then they can't form a Voltron with three. That's gonna be like what is that gonna be like a legs and a torso? They can't do shit. That's true. I guess if you made it so that like you can't even form like somewhat of a cool robot with three of them and it looked really silly and everybody was laughing at them that could stop the war because they would be really embarrassed yeah exactly chad we're just we're we're back to like countries that are proximal to each other and can organize can oppress countries that are scattered and smaller and can't organize so even if there are four smaller countries they're gonna they're just lions they're gonna lose against a fully formed voltron i mean (sighs) you've made the problem worse (laughs) No, no, I mean, how about you go like, all right, how about this? There's a way you got to design. I'm not the engineer. You're just the idea man, not the engineer. I'm, not, I'm just the I'm just the futurist. Uh, you like have it so that Voltrons can infinitely add on to each other, right? Maybe they're like, you get extra arms. I don't know. Maybe you get a tail, whatever. But so like you can theoretically have a bunch of smaller countries stand up for themselves and build like a 10 cat Voltron. Chad, this is starting to sound a lot like states' rights on a global scale. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) All right, we're going to come back to the drawing board on this one. But I'm just saying there's something about it. There's something to... I just wanted to see Russia get stomped by a Voltron. A UN Voltron is what I want. Oh, it will, Chad. It will. (laughs) But but the Voltron will be um, fucking sanctions or or trade agreements or something. (laughs) It's going to be something boring as shit. I think every country needs a rift breaker is what they need. (laughs) <laughs> and everybody knows exactly what I mean by using those words, because everybody knows yeah. about the rifts and the fact that they need to be broken. <laughs> we, have, we have to provide context. No, no context. The game did not provide there, any context. 
Is there anything that Paul loves more than referencing a conversation that was had on microphone but not recorded? (laughs) (laughs) I just want everybody to feel like they're a part of it. And like maybe they showed up late to the conference. Because here's what it is. We're all friends, including the people listening to this podcast. It just so happened they got they hopped on the call later. And now we have to we have to catch them up. This is just the experience of being friends with us. Okay, yeah. and then here's here's me at the lunch table yeah. being like to the new listener going like, "Hey, just Google Rift Breaker and you'll see it's an indie game that has neither rifts nor breaking in it, but it looks really cool." This podcast is brought to you by Rift Breaker Rift Shadow Breaker. Legends. <laughs> <laughs> Have either of you guys played Shadow Legends? No, played Shadow Legends. <laughs> what is that? No. Oh, that's the one that everybody advertised, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's practically it's practically a meme at this point. Yeah. I can't even tell you what genre of game that is. Mobile. It's got an orc in it. Does it? It's got I a big booby so. lady in it, I thought. Yeah. Well, well of course. And a skeleton, I think. I think it's like a it's like an RPG, right? Like it actually has like a turn-based RPG mechanic, right? I mean, I think it's probably if it is, it's probably one of those energy RPGs that you can only take like two moves a day and yeah. then you gotta buy uh, diamonds. Maybe Raid Shadow Legends, the magic of it is that it kind of takes the form of whatever game you want. Mm. Right? Like I want I want a, a collectible card game. So when I open the app, it kind of like psychically sinks to me and it's like, all right, we got some cards for you. For Paul, it's like, here's an RPG and there's even a dating sim in it. Chad, you're a dreamer. <laughs> you're, you're the dreamer that paints the world in beautiful colors. <laughs> I imagine a more optimistic view of Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> Not I, a sponsor of this podcast. Every like, I love your ideas because they're 100% optimistic. Like you're like going yeah. into them 100% being like, this will work. I'm positive this will work. There's could be yeah, no there could yeah. be no unforeseen consequences. No rift is getting in my way. Also, there's nothing I have to do for the actual work to make that right. I can I'm doing the the Steve Job equivalent of going to the Apple engineers, just going like, put the music in the iPod. You are the dreamer of dreams. <laughs> make me a small box that holds fifty thousand songs. Do it, nerds. <laughs> I'm gonna go eat only fruit. I'm gonna go study calligraphy now. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I'm I'm going to buy a new car every six months because I don't want a license plate. I'm an asshole. Wait, what? What? <laughs> uh, one of the trend of trivia points about Steve Jobs that I found absolutely frustrating was that he hated the idea of a license plate on his car. And he found some sort of loophole where if you lease a new car, you don't have to put a license plate for six months. So he kept leasing new cars. Yeah, when you buy the car, you get the you get the little paper that you put in your window as you wait for your Which license looks plate. Worse. I, I think I, that looks way worse. I agree, yeah. but that is the most Steve Jobs shit I've ever heard in my entire life. I don't want the beautiful piece of engineering adulterated by the state on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking All Steve right. Jobs thing. All right, here's my here's my question to you guys. Okay. Yeah. Your your life has to remain the same with your current problems. Mm-hmm. However, you can be incredibly Steve Jobs level wasteful about one thing. Like you can have a new car every month mm. and just okay. sort of crash it or whatever. Mm-hmm. What or like you you never have to like uh wash your underwear because you just get sure. new underwear. Okay, one thing. Yeah, that sounds pretty nice already. Yeah. What is what is your what is your one Steve Jobs level wasteful rich guy thing? I don't think I need anything. <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm just like I'm like what would I want to be wasteful about? I'm like nothing. Maybe that just proves that I don't have richness in my body. 
Yeah, see, like, I would want to retain something. I would want something. Yeah, yes. I guess a car is the best answer to that, because, I don't know, it'd just be fun to leave a car in a ditch. (laughs) That's true, I don't... (laughs) You just you just you just let it. You don't even put it in park. You just let it roll off somewhere. You're like, well, I'm gonna do one in an hour. You just step so. out. It rolls on. You're not even committing insurance fraud. You're just littering. Okay, okay. Here's how I would do it. Here's how I would do it. I would do something like that. I don't know what it would be yet, but I would do something where instead of just getting a new car and and like mm-hmm. destroying the old one, I would give it away so that I would so that people would so that I'd be constantly being very giving to people you know what i mean like if it were the car for instance i would be like hello does anyone need a car around here and then i would give them the car and then move to my oh, new car so nice. you know what i mean yeah that's nice and that's why and that's why you or none of us will ever be rich because we're, we think of other people right <laughs> right uh yeah kevin i'm i have a hard time doing because like i am I, I my first thought would be like you know what do i what do i love so much is when you get a brand new computer and you get to like you get to put all your files in it and like everything's fine and the ram is ram is untouched it's like a it's like a virgin computer mm-hmm. it is really fun to build computers <laughs> yeah. and then just the actual setting up like i have a day where i'm like ah, oh, everything is exactly where i want i got my one wallpaper i need everything's running clean and then after a week i just get to just like trash it right like before before the arteries of your computer have accumulated a bunch of plaque in them, you know what I yeah, mean? Like exactly, yeah. Once you, as soon as you start to feel that little bit of slowdown, you're like, ah, god damn it, ah, mm-hmm. and, yeah, totally. But it's so typical to everything I ever do. I have a phone from ten years ago because I'm like, well, it still it still loads, you know? Yeah, totally. Chad, that's a great answer, and I think I I have to. I think I have to say it would be a phone for me because I get attached yeah. to a computer, although I like setting them up. But it's fairly easy to set up a phone, and like once you're like a year into a phone, it's like, all right, well, the honeymoon battery life is over. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this is what my actual battery life is like, and you're like, oh, okay. I actually think I figured mine out based off of your two things. I was like, what annoys me? I get a new stove, a new, yeah. a new, a new range. Like, because every time you cook. It gets fucking dirty, and I'm not wiping it down every time. There's no way. No. Just get a new stove every week. A new <laughs> dang stove every week. Wow, that's a great answer. I like that. Because the burner, you know, the one burner that you use all the time, that gets gross, yeah. and then it doesn't light as well as it used to. As soon as the one fl- one pile of light will light, you're just like, yeah, this one's got to go. New stove time. <laughs> that's what I would do. New stove. And I would also, get- you could like build a natural wall around your house with all the extra stoves. <laughs> I would build like a like a maze of stoves oh my god <laughs> like 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 30 or 40 stoves high walls around that would be it would just be cool looking and then you could like crawl there'd be some that you would crawl through there'd be tunnels of stoves that it would like Ooh. interlink together and then there in the middle of it is like a is like a baking minotaur that's haunting you <laughs> Like, with, I, with all the with all the stoves and computers and cell phones we're wasting, we could probably just build a robot. We could build our we could build our tiger, a robo tiger. We could build a, we could get one uh Voltron lion or or Goosebuds tiger. And then we become our own rogue state. I think it's like a mecha hamster for it to be Goosebuds branded. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's a big monster blood two hamster, but it's mecha and it, and it just like chews on stuff. That's his main attack. Like, it, big it's metal teeth, teeth. It's teeth are made of stoves. <laughs> yeah, it's got a yeah. broil attack. Oh, oh yeah, a little gosh. flame broil attack. Yes. Yeah. This is kind of like a Kirby friend, but I like it. 
All right. I feel like every podcast now needs its own mecha or 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 robot lion or something. <laughs> that will bring world peace. It's not. It's just the pot. No, wait. That's too many white guys. Mm. <laughs> mm. And anybody can get one. Maybe weapons don't solve problems. Hmm. Maybe maybe here, listen. Next episode, I'll bring up the Zoids idea. We'll talk about Zoids. <laughs> okay, I would love to talk about Zoids with you. Can the Zoids fuck? Hmm. Find out next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about this adventure book? Yeah. We're going on an adventure. Welcome to Goosebuds. We're going on an adventure today. We'll be reading Dungeons and Dragons Endless Quest trademark book, a pick a path to adventure novel called Dungeon of Dread. <laughs> pick a path is so delightful. Like, it's just like, yeah. fuck, choose your own adventure. A pick a path book. Yeah, choose your own adventure is very litigious about that phrase. Well, they did did them one better by coming up with Pick a Path. Yeah, Pick a Path is great. Decide a fate. No, that's not as good. Pick a path. Pick a path, baby. Hi, my name's Kevin, and I'll be your bookmaster this episode. Hi, I'm Chad. I'll be the left brain of the surrogate protagonist boy that we're playing as. And I am Paul, and I will be the right half, the half that just wants to go home and cook <laughs> a piece of hunk of meat on the fire and doesn't want to be on the adventure. <laughs> Yeah, that, that works in Dungeons and Dragons. There was there was me cooking. Yeah, well, my plan is that I'm going to try and cut the adventure short as quickly as possible. That will be driving okay. my that will be, will be driving my decisions. Is what I'm saying. I'm I'm gonna try to to try to help flush out this protagonist that we're two halves of a brain of. Uh, since this is the Dungeon of Dread, I'm going to assume that uh, the left half of the brain that I am is very nihilistic and depressed and just like. He's Cameron from Ferris Bueller. Okay. Sounds like we have two brain halves that just want to go home and not go on <laughs> our... <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is part of the... They reject the call. There we go. Then, we have to reject the, the yeah. call, yeah. And I, I, I'm not saying that I'm not going to go on the adventure. I will probably make the... Be- whatever seems like the most efficient way to get the adventure over as quickly as possible is the way I will take, is what I'm saying. Yeah. This is what, this is what listeners of this podcast want also, is they're like, you know, someone's going to end this episode and be like, Honey, I can't believe it. The boys finished the book in 10 minutes. It's the best episode ever. <laughs> the the fastest speed run of this 164-page book. <laughs> and we we should note that this is a 1980s Dungeons and Dragons adventure. So this is a very early the, the artwork on the cover has uh I think the bad guy from Cabin Fever uh <laughs> is raising a, a water hydra out of a cool ma- uh magician's well. In front oh, of yeah. in front of uh, a redheaded woman with a sword and um, a scared little guy in the back that is doing is, yeah. is cowering. Could be it could be a dwarf, but he's cowering, so it's probably a, a half a halfling. It looks like a, it looks like he's probably halfling height, and he's cowering. Even yeah. though halflings have like the brave like thing where they're they they're better at resisting fear effects, so I don't know. Maybe it is a dwarf. It's got to be a dwarf, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what edition of D anD D we're operating in. Yeah, uh, 80s, would, oh God, I'm just going to go wild, guys. Is this like second edition? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if Elf is a class or not in this. Was Elf a class in the original one? Elf started out as a class, yeah. Interesting. So you could be a human elf? <laughs> yeah, wait, what does that even mean? You go to elf school? There was no, there was no race. There was like a uh, fighting man, spellcaster, a uh, thief, and elf. That's so weird to make yeah. Elf a class. Yeah, is, interesting. Was Elf like Palomino where it was a... A color and a breed. (laughs) (laughs) So it was both a race and a class at the same time. Again, races didn't exist in this. 
I that's, my brain cannot wild. comprehend that not existing. So I'm going to continue. <laughs> that to, like, yeah, that seems paramount to the very first thing Gary Gygax and friends ever did was like, okay, what are the races? That feels like that was the yeah. Didn't know that. Huh. There's no, there's no such thing. It could just be a fighting man or an elf. I'm going to go to elf school, Dad. They're going to stretch out my ears. God damn it. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep, and I'm going to learn how to use the longsword. Yeah, I'm going to be able to walk on the snow. Uh, son, you really let me down, son. Yo, I never noticed in the, not to divert, divert too much from the book, but I never noticed that in the movie he did that. Like, I just never paid attention yeah. to the fact that he is just walking atop the snow. And it was until I read the book mm. as an adult. And then rewatched the movie, and I was like, "Oh fuck, he's just walking along the snow. He's not. He's not sinking into it." That that's not an effect either. Orlando Bloom is literally that light. Yeah, he has hollow bird bones. I had read Kevin that he did do a little bit to help with the effect, and that he uh, before every scene he like drank a bunch of helium. Well, he drank helium, wow. and I don't know if you guys know this about Orlando Bloom, but that's actually a stage name. His real name is Orlando Floam, and it's because he's a man made of floam. <laughs> Wow, he's the he's going to inherit the Flom dynasty. <laughs> he is he is the first Flom son of of uh, <laughs> Edward Flom, the inventor of Flom. Paul, that that's like a texture memory right there. Yeah, <laughs> you can feel uh, it. You I can... never had that because I just like that's going to somehow go in my lungs, and I don't want that. <laughs> the, you know what it was? It was probably the leftover popcorn ceiling stuff that our parents didn't use. That they were like, ah, fuck it, make a toy out of it for the kids. <laughs> And then oh I, yeah, it's like part asbestos. Yeah, after after we make a son for Edward Flom and then make him into a famous actor, we're gonna use the rest of this to make a Nickelodeon toy. Flom's killed hundreds of kids, probably. <laughs> Flom kills fifty. It's so satisfying <laughs> to squish, and it gets so dirty. <laughs> and what mad person would mix the colors together? You're a fool if you do that. You just have to buy more Flom then. Boys, listen, nothing Flom can stay. Oh my goodness gracious. Let's let's adventure. Let's fucking go. All right, all right. Welcome to a journey into the world of fantasy. This adventure <laughs> into the Dungeons of Dread is a Dungeons and Dragons adventure. Registered trademark. You will find a complete adventure between the covers of this book with many possible courses of action. Some choices are simple. Some are sensible. Some choices are foolhardy and some are dangerous. You must make all the decisions. Remember, your choice determines the outcome of your adventure. In this book, you will play the part of a human fighter. Mm, races are in this. Okay. All right. As an adult... You stand five foot nine. Hashtag cool. short kings. Okay. <laughs> uh, and you weigh about 150 pounds. You are smart and have survived many adventures using little more than your wits. You are well schooled in the use of weapons and are a powerful opponent. You carry a sword and a dagger. Cool. And you wear a long sleeved green tunic over leather breeches. Fine leather boots guard your feet. A long green hunter's cloak protects you from the cold. Ooh. You carry flasks of oil, a tinderbox, a length of rope, and other gear in a leather pouch tied to your belt, and food and water in a sack slung over your shoulder. This is some classic D&D shit, yeah. I'm just happy they told us about our cloak, the most important part of an adventurer's outfit to me. Yeah. Kevin, I'd like to buy some caltrops and a candle before we leave. Smart, Chad. That's, uh, that, that's a good idea. Yeah, add those to your inventory. I would like yeah. to trade in our flasks of oil, our tinderbox, our length of rope, and other gear... <laughs> And I would like to use all of those to buy bullets and a rifle. <laughs> hold on, let me get a... Uh, you going to roll a die for that? Yeah, hold on. <laughs> Let's see, what are we getting? 
Ooh, when not bad, Paul. 19. What? Yeah, you've got a gun. Okay, cool. Whoa! It's going to chase. <laughs> Paul, we got to be careful when we use our gun. We, have, we, get, we get one time to use this gun. All right. Don't <laughs> worry. I'm going to I'm gonna save it for the most opportune moment that I think will end the adventure so I can go home and use my brand new stove. All right. Uh, we've got like 12 pages of setup before we get to a, our first choice. <laughs> all right. Get reading, Kevin. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm getting cozy. Got my, got my mug of coffee. Let's go, Kevin. Right, Take I'll, us away. He's right. I just looked at it. You've stopped for the night in a strange forest, tired after a long day's walk. The area seems eerie and strange, which mean the same thing. Why are you wasting our fucking time? We have 12 pages. You're giving me eerie and strange? Fine. There's no moonlight, so the shadows are very black. It's going to be a good book. I'm excited. Shadows are very black. Very black. The air is still and heavy. Even the usual night noises of small birds and animals are missing. Ordinarily, you would have pressed on through the dark woods to the nearest town, but this night, you are too tired to take another step. Wrapping your cloak firmly around yourself, you lie down upon a soft bed of moss with your sword close at your hand. You are soon fast asleep. Honk, shoo, honk, shoo, you snore. (laughs) Me, 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 me. You dream that summer breezes ruffle your clothes. A strong breeze tugs at your cloak. You're slowly awakened. Breeze? There's no breeze. The night is calm. Your reflexes scream in an alarm, and you awaken. Eyes snapping open, you see a three-foot-tall halfling. Probably a thief. Whoa, racist a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Kevin, you were correct in your assessment of the cover. That was a halfling and not a dwarf. Probably the fact that it is night and they are going through our things that make them a thief. Not them being a halfling that makes them a thief. Maybe they think you're a corpse. Yeah. (laughs) In one smooth, swift movement, you jump to your feet and grab the unlucky halfling by the scruff of his neck. You point your gun at his throat. (laughs) The halfling's eyes shine in the moonlight and his fear is easy to see. Well, halfling, can you give me one reason why I shouldn't feed you to the crows? Oh, please don't do that, my lord. (laughs) I'm just a poor hungry halfling named Loris. <laughs> I'm no danger to anyone. Why, I just now escaped a terrible fate. If you spare me and feed me, I'll tell you where to find all the treasure in the world. Oh, yeah, you can tell us where all the treasure is when you were just stealing things from us, Loris. Good counterpoint, Paul. <laughs> you hesitate, then lower him to the ground, saying, I have no need for all the world's riches. But what you say sparks my interest. I will spare your life and feed you if your story interests me enough to pay for my lost sleep. But I warn you, if the tale does not, I will feed you to the crows. <laughs> Why is that our go-to threat? Crows will eat you. Well, the crows are just kind of following you. <laughs> You're waiting for a snack. <laughs> like, he keeps saying that. He keeps offering to feed crows people to us, yeah. <laughs> Carefully watching the halfling, you gather dry wood from beneath the trees to start a fire. Soon you and the halfling share its war- its welcome warmth. It's warm thing welcome. It didn't say it, but we shot the wood with our gun to light it aflame. <laughs> That's magic. That's fire magic, baby. <laughs> Cast holes. Its bright light holds back the shadows of the night. You brew mugs of strong tea. <laughs> what? Okay. Alright, you, you brew mugs of strong tea <laughs> you drink, you drink some fucking chamomile as the halfling falls ravenously on a mutton leg and round of cheese. He eats as though it's been years since he last saw food. 
Halfling, you spoke of treasure and adventure, you urge, trying not to show your curiosity. Loris wipes his mug with a grimy finger, searching for any sugar his tongue might have missed. <laughs> he says. There is an illustration, and Kevin's voice goes perfectly with the illustration. <laughs> All while his large brown eyes flicker about, calculating his chances for escape. He studies the strong grace of your movements, mm. your mirror-bright mm. shield glinting in the firelight, and your sword hanging within easy reach, its hilt polished with use. Wiping his mouth with the back of his hand, the halfling sighs and stares into the flickering fire. Oi, tis true, tis a marvelous tale, and truthful too. <laughs> but there are the any who would believe it when I get back to me home. Well, try me. I'm always ready for a good tale. And you still owe me for dinner and your life. I'll tell you, says the halfling, fixing you with a shrewd look. But you may wish you'd never asked. <sighs> All right, we're getting close. Sailing back against a tree stump, a faraway look comes into his eyes, and the halfling begins his tale. I've lived around these parts all my... Oh, sorry. I've lived around these parts all my life. What a right pleasant place it was until the magic users showed up. Calman, he called himself. No one knows who he is or where he came from. One day he wasn't there. The next he was. Things soon began to change for the worse. People grew poor and sickly crops withered, and livestock weakened and fucking died. And throughout our troubles, the magic user grew rich and powerful. At last, people had their fill. Gathering their courage, they came upon Kalman in the middle of the night. He burned his house down and drove him from the town. He fled to these woods and claimed them as his own, my lord. We townsfolk. Stay far from the woods, but travelers who choose not to listen to our warnings enter the woods and are never seen again. I was always too smart for my own good, sighs the halfling. One day, I decided I would learn the secrets of the woods, the missing travelers, and perhaps figure out how to kill the wizard. <laughs> if I could do that, I could return to the village as a rich hero. So one morning, without even a goodbye to me, missus, I slipped into the woods. Wow, wow. he just... just... Just left his wife. Also, Kevin, I want to give you the freedom. I love Loris. Yeah. If you, at any point you're like, doing Mrs. Featherbottom is destroying my voice, I'm going to give you an out. Okay. All, all yeah. I'm saying, uh, all I'm Cal saying Man, I think it's great. Cowman can cast a normal voice upon Loris at any point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He might, um, this might, this might be Loris's quest to get a, a normal, non-ridiculous voice. That's smart. That's a smart quest to go on. But maybe that's inside him. He just needs to hear your completely normal Oh, my voice. God. Mm -hmm. oh, mm -hmm. Yeah. This sounds like a good children's movie now. Oh, my Lord. I might, I might tone down a bit. Just a little, little, not quite this high, but like this high. There you go. I, expo <laughs> I explored every inch of the evil woods and found nothing. Finally, I came to a mountain just outside the forest. I was cold and tired, so I crawled up on a ledge of rock to rest. I was going to sit for a moment before I went home. I must have fallen asleep. For the next thing I knew, I woke up to find Calman standing over me. Oh, shit. So you wanted to find me, halfling, he said. Well, now you have. And I wager you'll get more than you bargained for. With a wave of his hand, he put a spell on me so I couldn't move and slung me over his shoulder like a trussed-up rabbit. Then we slipped through an opening in the side of the mountain. I cannot... And will not tell you of all the frightening things I saw. This is the best part! That's what I wanted to hear, Loris, was tell me the things you saw. I saw a horse 
with two heads and two bodies. <laughs> so two horses. All right, good Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Shuddered the halfling. He carried me to the very center of the mountain, maybe the center of the world for all I know. And there I saw all the treasures in the world. You wanted to rob me, said Calvin. So look upon my treasures. You will always know just how much you have lost. Those who seek danger foolishly always find it. Calvin seems pretty wise and rich, uh, and I think he probably earned those riches uh, in a righteous way. Yeah, I, I, I kind of dig Calman. I think he was maybe punished unfairly. Like I agree. Maybe there's just a drought or some shit. I agree. I'm going to be pro Calman throughout this. <laughs> Those who know how to handle both danger and wealth are few and far between. You are lucky. I feel generous. I shall let you go and not even change you into a newt, as you deserve. When you return to your home, none will believe you. Your friends will think you've been drinking fermented corn juice in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Is that thing you can do? I'm, I'm writing this down frantically. That's that's moonshine, I guess. Uh-huh. And have made oh. this story up to cover your absence. They will laugh at you. Only you will know what you have beheld and lost. Now be gone. Black smoke came out of his fingertips. When it cleared, I found myself in the dark woods, alone and hungry. Calman is cool. Yeah, Calman rolls. <laughs> why, why can't he come on this quest? Yeah. Loris stares into the fire for a long time without speaking. Finally, he rouses himself and says, with a shaky laugh, You can see now, I'm just a poor halfling, of no harm or help to anyone. You feel sorry for the forlorn little fellow, and are curious about both the evil wizard and his fabulous treasure. Strangely enough, you do believe the tale. Even though the little man is clad in a grimy patched cloak, and has one toe peeking through his tattered leather boots, his eyes hold a stubborn look that says, I'm not a quitter. (laughs) Aww. Life has used the halfling hard, yet he has courage. If he were given encouragement and a fair chance, he might prove a worthy companion. Loris, you say gently. Could you find that opening in the mountain again? The halfling stares at you for a moment before he answers, Surely I could, but it would mean your death. Kalman would not allow you to survive as he did me. I was a moment's amusement, but you would be a serious threat. Anyway, the monsters would get you first. They're scary. Remember the two horses? I mean, the double horse? I mean, the the, the horse horse? (laughs) It was a horse stacked on top of another horse. You've never seen anything like it. You can't even knock it over. You flip it over and it just becomes another horse that carries the other horse. Oh my god. It's like those old RC cars. Like, you can knock it over and there's wheels on top, bro. (laughs) Ain't no stopping this horse. It's an all-terrain horse. Oh my god, what a terrifying creature. A horse just with, like, leg spokes sticking out from all sides. <laughs> Guys, we're making up cool stuff today. Yeah, cool we, would, we would freak a medieval peasant out, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> They're scary. The monsters, that is. I don't remember them clearly, but I remember enough to give me nightmares for the rest of my life. You're crazy to even think about going in there. You couldn't get me to go back in there for a million zillion gold pieces. Uh, you fold your um, you fold your arms and stare at the halfling, tapping your fingers against your shoulder. Laura shakes his head and says, "I see nothing I say will persuade you." As the wizard said, "Those who search for danger will find it. Who can tell? You might even succeed where I failed. I will take you to the rock. At least Wait. it will prove I spoke the truth." Wait, I'm sorry. I feel like I missed a sentence. What changed Loris's mind? You, you looking at him, apparently, and tapping your finger. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sure. You gave him just that look. That look went. 
Gathering your few possessions, like your gun, you quickly break camp and fall the halfling into the dark woods. I shoot the fire and it goes back out. <laughs> you have 398 ammunition left. <laughs> the night is dark. Without the halfling's knowledge of the way, you would be hopelessly lost. Trees loom out of the darkness. Brambles clutch at your legs and sharp stones cut into the soles of your boots. At last, the mountain rises before you, silhouetted against the night. The halfling searches about for a while, then cries, Aha! Here it is! In a large, dark crack looms the mountain before you. You turn... This hole was made for me, he says. <laughs> <laughs> You turn to the halfling, almost expecting him to have disappeared, but he has remained faithfully by your side instead of scurrying off into the night as soon as you found the opening. Halfling, what will happen to you if you return to your village, you ask? Loris laughs a bitter laugh. If I tell the truth, me missus will scold me, he blushes. She's a hard woman. If I don't tell the truth, she'll yell at me for disappearing and not talk to me. Although that might be a blessing, <laughs> eh? I hate me wife. <laughs> I'll just go back to being little Loris, the baker's helper. I love it when people get married and hate the person they married. Yeah. <laughs> She'll probably threaten me with a rolling pin. <laughs> Loris, you say. To great heart and courage, try such a dangerous task. And, you know, maybe you and your wife are just going through a thing. And if you open up a line of communication, like maybe you can meet in the middle. Would you consider joining me on a second adventure? Kalman will never expect you to return. And with your assistance, we may defeat this evil wizard. If we succeed, you will return home a hero. Thereafter, you will be known as Loris the Brave. The halfling looks down at the ground, his shoulders sagging. I couldn't do it, he whispers. I'm not a fighter. Pick someone who won't let you down. Loris, you're smart because all he offered you was a title and no monetary increase of, of compensation here. Yeah. Yeah. Cut of the gold, dude. More responsibilities, but no actual increase in pay. Good catch, Paul. Yeah, I mean, Baker's helper pays the rent. The Brave doesn't. I mean, you better mm -hmm, get some. Mm -hmm. get a little nest egg out of this. Uh, I don't want someone else. I need you. And I want you. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. You can do it if you believe in yourself. After a long pause, the halfling looks up into your eyes and pulls at his beard. I don't, I don't really often imagine halflings with beards. Do, do you guys? No, I usually think they're very, very yeah. clean cut. Yeah. Have we seen one? No, there were some hobbits with beards in The Hobbit. and yeah, Like mutton chops, but yeah. I don't think. Yeah. yeah, I always figured they could just kind of grew in patchy. Yeah. Do you really need my help? Do you really think I could do it? I'll be honest, I'm scared. Much of Aww. what I saw seems like a nightmare to me. All <laughs> scary and creepy and blurry. But I would like to be Loris the Brave. You guys are going up against a fucking displacer beast, I'm telling you now, if they're blurry. Oh my god, yes. A real adventure, he muses. One that might actually succeed. You're strong and handy with your weapons. I'll bet that you're tricky, too. More of a challenge for that wizard than I was. But I've been there. Maybe I could help. Maybe I could do it. What do I have to lose? Me missus scolds me and the others laugh at my size. There's not much to lose and lots to gain. <laughs> oh my god, can we get to the choices? <laughs> whole thing is like the story is just loris gaining courage uh -huh. i guess really delving into his backstory his voice fades as he thinks to himself finally shouts yes i'll do it i'm your man if you want me can you handle a weapon 
This is very sexual. <laughs> Can you handle a weapon, you ask? I've had little Cole to use one as a baker's helper, but I know the basics every child learns, <laughs> replies the halfling. I'm loyal and very strong. Well spoken, Loris. I've met giants who bore the hearts of mice. What? Wow, I love that phrase. <laughs> oh, I've met giants who bore the hearts of mice. People should never judge a man by his size. The things okay. that matter, truth, loyalty, courage, and honor, will never be found on a yardstick. Wow. Well, you are 5'9". I can see why you're saying. <laughs> to say, yeah, I think he's coming from a place of bias a little bit. But that's all right. I, I agree with him. I mean, being 5'9", it's almost worse than being 5'7", which I am. The only things that, that matter are truth, loyalty, courage, another you on top of you that if you're flipped over can run away still. <laughs> You can't, you can't be knocked prone. You just flip, you just slinky over onto something new. <laughs> Which is why every fighter learns how to run on their hands. <laughs> the halfling smiles at you, his round eyes rimmed with bright tears. Come, come, no time for tears. Come, now then. <laughs> come, now. come, he just keeps saying. Now then, I am called Carrick. <laughs> oh, we finally got a name, ten pages in. Clasp my hand and let us swear our loyalty to each other and to our mission. This is what made people think D&D was for dorks. <laughs> it's for <laughs> shit like lines like that. Let us betroth ourselves to one another. And... Come, embrace me. <laughs> let us kiss our mission together. <laughs> Which is fine. Like, it's fine, but it's a little dorky. Like, Let us copulate this adventure. <laughs> It's just a little too, I don't know, I'm not going to, you know what, I'm not well, going to judge someone's writing here. It's a little yeah. too courtly for me, if I'm yes. being honest. It I is. like, I like it, I like these two guys are going to fall in love, got a real fun time. <laughs> what a fun me-cute, I was robbing you, and then you said I'm going to feed you to the crows, and then we decided to go rob a, a lich together. Come. Come, come. Come. <laughs> the halfling slides his small leathery hand into yours. God, why? Oh yeah! <laughs> and you soon swear an oath. Well, you say there's no reason to stay. Let the adventure begin. <laughs> okay. I picture that a whole scene the way like Arwen and Aragorn Gorn get like betrothed to each other in the light in the moonlight. They're just that like pledging themselves. Mm -hmm. That's how I saw that scene. Yeah, Arwen slides her small leathery hand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, you look at the stars and breathe deeply of the clean, crisp air. Then with your hand wrapped firmly around the hilt of your sword, you step into the opening. Inside, all is quiet. It appears a simple cave. Even though the halfling's tale sounded true, you question it just for a moment. As your eyes grow accustomed to the darkness, you see a skeleton leaning against the wall in one corner. <laughs> Staring at the opposite wall, a small shield lies at its side. With a little polishing, it shine as brightly as your own. You pick the shield up and give it to Loris, also handing him your dagger. Skeletons can't own anything, you explain. The halfling takes the weapon <laughs> <in> the <shield>. <laughs> <laughs> Holding the dagger gingerly with his fingertips. It's not going to bite you, you say. Hold it firmly. Be ready. Don't strike until you're certain of your target. Once you begin, do not falter. I'll try to do me best, Loris says, putting his dagger in his belt and pushing the dimple in his cheek with his finger. I'm scared, but I won't let you down. He begins polishing the shield. He polishes the shield. Your eyes follow the skeleton's gaze and see a message scrawled in red on the wall of the cave. 
Watch the water that is not water and beware the basilisk. Oh. The rest of the cave is empty, except for a pile of leaves and twigs in the west corner and a hole in the wall under the message. Well, Loris, where do we go from here, you ask? I don't know, the halfling replies. I do not remember any trails, just some of the things I saw. If you wish to investigate the hole in the wall, turn to page 13. If you wish to check the pile of leaves in the corner, turn to page 15. Carrick Chad, uh, which, do you, which do you think? I, as uh, Carrick Paul, want to go home and cook, uh, and one seems the most direct option, so I would like to investigate the hole, but you can choose two. No, I mean, I think the best we're going to do is find some of those leaves, but if not, it might be spiders and bugs kind of hang out in leaves. Let's go with that hole. Yeah, gross hole. things live in leaves. I'm not going into that. Hole time. It's made for me. You peer through the narrow hole and see that it is a stairway leading down to the mountain. Loris follows you and remains close to your side. The stairway has been carved out of solid rock. Mica flakes reflect a dim, flickering light at the bottom of the stairs. That's good. That's a good detail. I like that. The flakes mm-hmm. sparkle and shine as you pick your way down the winding steps. Your soft leather boots make no sound as you move. The light slowly grows brighter as you descend. That's a fucking tough one. You see the source of the light. The stairway ends in a smooth rock corridor. Another corridor opens to your left. Two creatures, no more than three feet tall, stand ten paces away. They have no hair, but are covered with scaly black hides. A sharp bony crest runs up their backs and ends in two sharp horns upon their heads. One creature holds a short sword in its hand, and the other holds a torch. You remember seeing creatures like these on one of your adventures in the past. They are kobolds, very evil creatures that would attack you immediately if they discovered you. Well, Loris, are you ready to attack them, you whisper? I don't know, says the trembling halfling. (laughs) They're not much bigger than I am, but they sure look mean. Do you really think we can win? (laughs) They look awful tough. Loris, you say. They are mean, evil, and tough. But if we work together, we can take them. What do you say? If you wish to attack the kobolds, turn to page 17. If you wish to slip unseen to the corridor on your left, turn to page 19. I think we just slice their throats. I lift my gun to the kobolds. (laughs) (laughs) All right. <laughs> By the way, Kevin, I think you're 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 not. Gonna, I love Loris. Like at this point, I would die for Loris. I love you too, Chad. <laughs> oh my God, Loris! I will not let anything happen to your fine, small, leathery hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, here we go. Psalms. The kobolds are peering into the darkness, concentrating on something farther down the corridor. Because their attention is focused elsewhere, you're able to sneak up behind them, unheard and unseen. Mm -hmm. Before the vicious creatures are aware of you, you strike one of them with your gun, and Loris hits the other with a large rock. (laughs) As the kobolds fall, they drop their torch and it goes out. Darkness surrounds you. Listen, cries Loris, clasping your arm. You hear the noise the kobolds were listening to. A faint clacking noise seems to be moving toward you. Here, says Loris. I feel another opening to our left. Maybe we should run for it. No, let's find out what's coming. (laughs) (laughs) That's a wise thing adventurers always say. You lean forward and attempt to figure out what the noise could be, but the mysterious noise has faded away. Oh. Listen, it stopped. Maybe it took another path, you say. Suddenly a great pain shoots through your leg. Something (gasps) has bitten you on the ankle. Ouch! You reach down and touch an antenna and a pair of pincers. Ow! I knew it! Something has bitten you savagely on the hand. Loris, you scream. It's a giant ant! Oh! Oh! I thought it was going to be like a crab thing. Okay, it's an ant. (laughs) 
Oh, 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 ants, ants, they're all around us. Help, they're biting me. Oh, I'm being eaten up. Help, ow, get away from me. Carrick, help. I don't want to be eaten by a bug. I'm hitting them, but just do it again. Help me. Is that all in the book? That's literally in the book. (laughs) That wasn't an ad lib at all. I can can stretch that out if you want. No, it's all good. They're ripping me. It's like that scene in Dirty Work where he's like, and he's killing me with a chainsaw. (laughs) I think the best line is, I'm hitting them, but it doesn't do any good. (laughs) And hours of Loris struggling for his life to study and relax too. Uh, Angry clicking sounds come from all sides now. If you want to stay and fight them, Turn to page 24. If you want to try and escape down the corridor on your left, turn to page 27. Carrick, Chad, what are you thinking? I think that uh, when there's one, there's too many bugs. We can't fight all the bugs. We need to get the Yeah, I don't out think here. we can handle all these bugs. I mean, they're already hit. They're already biting and, and eating him up. So we should probably get the hell out of here. Yeah, I agree. All right. On to page 27. Uh, we're, we're missing a depressed monkey drinking on top of a barrel. Ah, what? Ah, maybe we can run into him later. Oh, I hope so. Help, Carrick, help. Ouch. Ooh, ow. Ooh, ow. Jeez. Oh, fuck. Oh, Oh, God, cries the halfling. They're biting me. (laughs) Kicking your way through the nasty, snickering creatures, you reach the weeping halfling's side. Throwing him over your shoulder, you quickly dash down the side corridor. After escaping the ants, you set Loris on his feet and ask, Halfling, are you injured? Oh, I'm fine. Loris mutters, <laughs> wiping his eyes with the back of his hand. I don't like those nasty bugs, he continues. Maybe they're paying me back for all the times I squished them when I was young. Maybe, we say, and that's like sociopath major, <laughs> but come now. They aren't following us. We must go on. You know, Carrick, you don't really need me. Maybe I should just leave. I don't like all these creatures and bugs and I'm not much help. Wouldn't you be better off without me? You could move much faster without me. Just leave me to the bugs. <laughs> Maybe the bugs should eat me. <laughs> you turn and look down at the halfling, who chews a piece of his beard nervously. Yeah. And avoids you. <laughs> if you really want to leave, Loris, I won't stop you. I'll be disappointed, though. I thought you were a companion I could count on. Was I wrong? If you run from danger so often, you can't do anything else? I won't force you to do anything. If it's not your choice to accompany, you're free to go, but I shall miss you. I won't force you to do anything, but I will manipulate you emotionally. (laughs) It's not that I want to leave, Laura says uncertainly. It's just that I'm so scared, and I don't like all those bugs chewing on me. (laughs) You're so big. Think Think how I felt down there, almost looking eyeball to eyeball with them and watching them lick their nasty chops over me. Scary. It's like staring at a giant. You can see that, can't you? Yeah, I guess I can, you say. <laughs> I'm sorry if I spoke harshly, but I need to know that I can depend on you. We're partners now, and a partnership has to be built on trust and respect, Rebecca. Laura sighs <laughs> deeply and, <laughs> and says, you can depend on me. I'm not going anywhere except where we both decide to go. I'll still be scared, mind you, but nobody has needed or wanted me before. What about your wife, dude? <laughs> and the baker who used to employ you. <laughs> No one's ever listened to me like you have the person I tried to rob two hours ago. I've never been anybody's partner before. What about your wife, dude? (laughs) (laughs) I think we're finding the roots of all of Loris's problems here. Can I I go on an adventure with Loris's wife? (laughs) (laughs) As long as you need me, I'll stay. But I don't like bugs. Your laughter breaks the heavy mood. Ha ha. All right, Loris. I promise I'll never ask you to like a bug. 
Wow. Wow. <laughs> now let's be on our way. Cut to, cut to Loris's wife back at home in their hobbit hole, just like, he was supposed to just get some milk, and he hasn't been back for two days. <laughs> Loris's hot as shit wife. Hot as shit wife who puts up with all of his bullshit <laughs> and is a great partner and would be much better with us on this adventure. It's, it's cool. She has a she has a wide support group at, back at Throw Village, so she's fine. You clap the hat. The, the whole life isn't just being Loris's wife, is all I'm saying. No, she works at the Mick, Mickle Delving Museum and has a great. Oh. Yeah. You clap the halfling on the shoulder and turn your attention to the new tunnel. You feel your way along the darkness until at last you see a light glimmering in the distance. Cautiously, the two of you move toward it. As you near the lighted room, you hear a drip-plop splat, sounds of slowly dripping water. You move slowly, even though your every wish is to leave this dark, scary corridor behind you. Yeah, that's true. That's both of your things. Your fingers encounter the opening of another corridor. Dim light filters down the corridor. Although you would like to know more about this dimly lit corridor, and say corridor one more fucking time, (laughs) you decide to explore it later. (laughs) Moving carefully ahead to the opening of the room, you peek around the edge of the doorway. What you see is so amazing, you wonder if you've just lost your senses. In the torchlight, you see... A drunk monkey? A gigantic toad. Yes! Hit my toad! Oh, cool! Sitting on a rock in the middle of a stream, it is large enough to swallow a man in a single gulp, and it is obvious it has done so in the past. Many (laughs) (laughs) bones. What does that mean? Like a human-sized indent in its jaw? Like, what is that? Well, there's there's markings on the wall with little, like, a human figure, and there's little (laughs) little check marks that are crossed off on on the side. (laughs) Many bones, both large and small, lie scattered on the sand on either side of the stream. You've Uh. never seen a giant toad before, but you have heard of them. This toad wears the tattered remains of a beautiful purple cloak draped over its back. Oh my god, it dresses itself too. It knows shame, it knows how to clothe. I wish to worship Cloak Frog as my god. Can I do that? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. At this point, this is this is what we've pledged our life to. I, I kind of love Cloak Toad. There's a great picture of him, too. Crickets, whispers Loris, trying out a new catchphrase. That frog is big enough to swallow a horse. <laughs> that frog is big enough to swallow a horse or two horses standing next to Sci-fi. each other. A back-to-back horse. A dreaded omni-horse, oh no. If you wish... To enter the room and fight the toad, turn to page 49. If you decide that a giant toad wearing a cloak is still a giant toad and too dangerous to attack, you may explore the dimly lit passage. That's literally what it says. If you decide that a giant toad wearing a cloak is still a giant toad, (laughs) what does that mean? I, I guess giant toads were a famous D&D enemy at some point. Yeah, at or like dis- disregard the cloak. It might be, you know, it's still a monster, mm-hmm. I guess, is how to read that. I would love to fight the giant toad. Or at least see yeah. if it'll talk. Maybe it talks. Maybe by getting to fight it, we'll learn more about it. And maybe there's a chance to like roll, you know, diplomacy, if that's even in second edition. And just like, yeah, befriend it. I think it's kind of cool. Let's All fight right. this frog. Let's fight this fucking frog. Uh, if we get just... bored by a frog, there's worse ways to go. Oh, the picture rocks for this page. You cautiously step into the room, and Loris calls, Be careful, Carrick. At the sound of the halfling's voice, the toad hops around to face you. Fucking Loris. <laughs> Fucking Loris. Shit, I knew to be careful. You didn't... <laughs> Thank you for your concern. I'm sorry. We'll talk about this after the toad. You advance slowly. When you are within four feet, the toad's tongue lashes out and strikes your shield. Wow. 
Your shield is wrenched from your arm with incredible force. The shield disappears down the frog's throat, but is quickly spat out. The frog is interested in more... Is it a frog or a toad? The frog is interested <laughs> in more tasty prey. You. Are all... Are toads frogs and or are frogs I don't toad? know. I think that... I, I thought that was know. a different thing. Or is that... Are we thinking about like turtles and tortoises? Like, okay, hold on. There's Mr. Frog and Toad are friends. Yeah. Di- and it's not two frogs are friends or two toads are friends. Therefore, they are different. Yeah. They are different things. If any herpetologists follow us, but let, let me know. Yeah. Uh, the toad stares up at you with big blinking eyes. Bunching up its massive legs, it springs straight at you. Startled, you fall backwards with your gun raised. Yes. A second later, the entire bulk of the toad falls and impales itself on your gun. I fire the gun uh, many times. <laughs> you, you gun blade it. You squall liner gun blade. You feel tremendous pressure on your chest as the weight of the creature settles upon you. Its oh, rough, God. warty skin presses into your face. You cannot breathe. You may have killed it, but it will smother you. Damn. Slowly, the weight begins to ease. Relief floods your body, but you can at last force your lungs to draw air. As you breathe in, you notice a white cloud hovering above you. Then you realize that a small weight still pins you to the floor. Fanning away the cloud, you see the body of a large human fighter. Carrick, cries Loris. Are you all right? His small hand appears and fans away the white cloud. Yes, I think so, you answer, trying to move the man from your legs and sit up. As you move the man, he opens his eyes, looks at you and whispers, Thank you. Thank you for freeing me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank God. I thought we committed murder, but it's okay. It was a it was a totally it was a actually a murder of kindness. The cloud of smoke thickens once again and covers the man. When you fan the smoke away, the fighter is gone. What magic is at work here? Kalman must be a powerful wizard. Frightening thoughts whirl through your mind. Loris, you ask. Did I imagine this? <laughs> Sorry. Loris, you high right now? <laughs> I wish you had, he answers. Then I wouldn't have seen it either. I told you Kalman had monsters beyond belief, but even I did not know about these poor fellows. This is what happens to those who fall into Kalman's grasp. He changes them into monsters and sets them to guard his dungeon against intruders. Only death can set them free. What shall we do, you ask? Should we go back while we still have the chance? The halfling is silent for a minute. How dare Kalman set them upon us? (laughs) (laughs) Set upon them. Set upon them. Then, stroking his beard, he says, No, I've been a coward too long. Standing three feet tall isn't easy. Most things are bigger than me, but it's no excuse for acting like a chicken all the time. (gasps) Character growth. It can be as big as a lion outside, but that doesn't matter if it's small as a mouse inside. To be a lion, all you need is the heart of a lion. I'm still afraid, but I'm not going to turn back. Let's go. Aw, I I therefore dub him Loris the Lionhearted. Aw, great name. You sit in silence for several minutes, admiring the halfling's courage, but giving him no feedback on what he just said. <laughs> then, <laughs> then you say, Loris, thank you for your words. I may be bigger and supposedly braver, but I admit I was afraid. I do not see how I can fail with such a brave companion by my side. Come, 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 come. Let us continue. <laughs> you pick up your shield and leap the stream in one bound. Loris follows. You walk down the corridor leading out of the room and are soon faced with another decision. The corridor branches. One passage runs left and the other runs right. 
When Loris listens carefully, he hears very faint laughter coming from the corridor on the right. He hears nothing from the corridor on the left. If you decide to go to the left, the silent corridor, turn to page 62. If you decide to go to the right, the laughter corridor, go to page 57. I mean, do we walk towards scary laughter, Carrick Chad? Yeah, I mean, my, my take is it's either somehow the wizard just having a good old laugh. He's watching like some reruns on his orb. On a sea ball. Or... It's a trap, but I'm more intrigued by that trap. Let's go to the laughter. Oh, let's, let's follow the laughter, yes. Okay. You walk down the passage, and soon another passage opens on your right. After that passage, a third passage opens up into a fourth. A fifth passage okay. then opens up, and you begin to be sick of passages and corridors. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of the passages already. <laughs> After a whispered conference, you decide to go straight for the time being and continue along the path you're following. You... <laughs> There we go. <laughs> this, the, the, Don't you, worry. You call, a meeting, you call a meeting and everyone there agrees to continue as planned. The meeting was <laughs> You all agree that you are both willing to see more passages and car doors in your future. You're anticipating a 5 to 7% uh, passage increase this quarter. <laughs> you round the bend in the passage. There it is. And see that a room lies directly ahead of you. Dim light filters back to you, and the air is stagnant and foul-smelling. Bones and rusty armor litter the corridor. (laughs) An evil laugh echoes down the passageway. Ha, ha, ha. You are fearful, but but creep forward and look into the room. Ruh-roh. A troll sits on the (gasps) dirty floor. It gnaws the remains of some creature's bones. Don't worry, I have a I have a fire stick. We're good. <laughs> yeah. The troll is unbelievably ugly. Unnecessary. It must be nine feet tall and has a lumpy green hide. Greenish black hair falls over its black empty eyes. As you watch, the troll cracks a bone easily with its long, sharp teeth, then picks the marrow out with its great claws. As it <laughs> sucks the marrow... <laughs> It lets out a loud laugh. Hee <laughs> <laughs> Somehow was not expecting that. Yeah. It's a troll, Loris says in horror. They're awful mean. It has awfully great claws, though. Yeah, those yeah. Are pretty cool claws. It does look mean, you say, ignoring his warning. <laughs> but there are two of us. We could kill it if we had to. Maybe we can defeat it. Carrick is kill horny. Yeah. I mean, are we assuming this is another human or adventurer that's been turned into a troll if the frog was? Yeah, do we need to? I think this is a mercy killing, if anything. I yeah, th- we need to liberate everyone. I think yeah. Kalman only turns things into animals. Oh, okay. He threatened to turn um, Loris into a newt. That's true. That's true. That's true. That was a Monty Python reference, but yeah, that's probably true. Uh, if you decide to fight the troll, turn to page 59. If you decide to creep quietly back to the quarter you passed earlier, turn to page 62. So far, we haven't seen any negative consequences from fighting. So does that mean that the next fight will be our death or are, is fighting just easy in this book? Maybe. Uh, yeah, I'm wondering that too. I mean, irregardless of our 398 bullets we have left in our boomstick, I think I think we can take this troll. I think you're down to like 395 because you shot that toad a few times. Mm-hmm. I fired multiple times through its body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's let's take down this troll and liberate him from from life. I think you should be able to beat it because so trolls like uh, need to be set on fire or else they regenerate. Right. Mm. And it like the book 
described at the beginning, you had like oil and flint and stuff like that, but you sold it. So, mm-hmm. and I have the gun that shoots flame. Well, so. if this book actually lets us like use anything from our inventory as a choice, I'll be I'll be amazed. But that'd be cool. Yeah, this know. is a good t- this is a good test of that theory. So let's do it. You rush into the room, and before the troll knows you're there, you lop its head off its body. You Whoa! think you've won, but suddenly the hideous arms reach up, grab you around the neck, and squeeze. The head watches <laughs> you from the floor and laughs. You strike the troll with your sword time after time, time after time, but the blows do not harm it. As the troll squeezes the life out of you, you realize the halfling was trying to tell you that you needed more than a sword to kill it. The halfling gasps in fright and grief. Then edging away from the open doorway, he reaches a quiet place in the corridor. I must be on guard. If I'm careful, I'll find my way out. I will find someone to teach me how to fight. And one day, I'll come back to avenge Carrick. Then Calman had better beware of Loris the Brave. Looking around carefully, the halfling walks into the dark corridor. The end. What? What? <laughs> he just bailed on us? What? And he died. All he right. didn't even try? <laughs> all right. You, you had all the tools you needed to beat him. It's just you didn't use them for some reason. Loris the Lionheart did not help save us? No, he just left he you just for dead. He just went, all right, I'll go and go be Batman and I'll come back someday. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, Loris. Time to go be a baker now. <laughs> Let I think we should go back and carry on and skip past the troll. We got one oh, resurrection. Right. Yeah, we let's one, do. We have one, one resurrect one scroll. One resurrect uh, scroll. All right. There was a save point just outside the corridor, so we'll reload on that. So go. we chose. You want to say, Paul, go back to where we di- we just tried to slip past the troll, or we didn't even go down the corridor. I think the laughing corridor. I think no, no, no. Go past the troll. Avoid the troll. All right. Page sixty-two. As you enter the corridor, God, I'm so sick of saying corridor. As you enter the corridor, you hear the sound of grinding stone and see some dust fall from the ceiling. Something's wrong, you whisper to the halfling. Let's get out of here. You touch around and start retracing your footsteps. However, before you've gone two paces, a tremendous roar knocks you off your feet, and the passage before you collapses. When the dust settles, you see the corridor is completely (laughs) blocked with large boulders, heavy timbers. Ooh, timbers. And dirt. It is impossible, you say. We'll never dig out without tools. We can only go forward. Reluctantly, the two of you stagger to your feet, turn around, and walk down the corridor, alert for danger at every step. The corridor ends in a room. Wow, a corridor ending in a room? A passage ending in a corridor ending ending in a room? (laughs) (laughs) Who would have fucking guessed? A feeling of menace hangs heavy in the air. Ooh. But what you see seems harmless enough. The room is approximately 20 feet square and dimly lit. The ceiling and walls are rough, with stalactites hanging from the ceiling. The floor is smooth. A stone well, about three feet tall, stands in oh, the middle of the no, room. Oh, no, a well. We know what wells do. The well is covered with mysterious carvings of ugly faces. Yeah, that's the cover well. This is mm. a bad well. Evil well. This is, this is a well that if you drink from it, it makes you ugly. Mm-hmm. Sword in hand, you approach the well carefully. Don't do that. Get away, screams the halfling. You stare at the halfling in shock. There's something horrible in there, Laura says, trembling. But I can't remember it clearly. Calvin picked me up by my feet and dangled me over the pool. He thought it was funny. I didn't think it was so funny. (laughs) What kind of monster is it, you ask? I don't know, he answers. (laughs) I never saw anything like it before. Sneaking carefully up to the well, you glance in quickly and discover it contains only a shallow pool of water. All of your instincts scream danger. Everything in you says leave now, but you do not. You can't go back the way you came, and you've come too far to let mysterious carvings around a pool of water frighten you. (laughs) 
You look again and see the water is crystal clear. You see a bright gold key on the bottom of the pool. The tip of the key is fashioned like a cross with diamonds on each end. Mm-hmm. Colored gems decorate each corner. The key must be valuable and open the lock to something of great importance. Look, Loris, look, you call. But the halfling buries his head in his hands and does not respond. If the key is important, why would it be left lying in, around in a pool of harmless water? Perhaps mm-hmm. the water is not harmless. You could reach in and see what happens, but if a monster does lurk there, as Loris believes, that would not be a good idea. Looking <laughs> about the room, you see several things you did not notice at first glance. There are two doorways, one to your left, one to your right. Ooh, more corridors. Corridors, doorways. <laughs> Both are dark. You cannot see beyond them. Bones lie scattered on the floor. <laughs> Loris, bring me one of those big bones. <laughs> I'm a sucker pony. <laughs> That's how I do my best oh. thinking is when I'm sucking up on a little marrow. G- give me a little marrow to suck on so I can go. <laughs> <laughs> the halfling slowly drags a three foot long bone to you. Holy shit. Oh, you really picked a big one, Loris. All right. <laughs> Picking the bone up, you probe the bottom of the pool gingerly. Do I have a sword? Trying to snag the key. <laughs> Suddenly, the bone is wrenched from your hands with great violence. The water erupts from the pool. A watery cobra-like head rises out of the pool. The basilisk. The cover was the cover basilisk. Oh, the water that is not water. Yeah. Oh, but we have a shiny shield. Mm-hmm. It surges at you with its mouth open. You jump back quickly. Once you're out of its striking range, the watery creature sinks back into the pool. See? See, I told you, but no, you wouldn't believe me, cries the halfling. We've got to get out of here before it eats us. Calm down, you say. It can't get us as long as we stay here. It's a water weird. What? What? Is that a term? Is that what they're called? Cool. Yeah, it's it's a type of elemental. It's a water weird. A snake made out of water. It can't leave the pool. I've heard them mentioned in old tales, but I thought they were never real. Looks real enough to me, says the halfling, his teeth chattering. Ooh, you are you are silent as you try to remember all you have heard of water weirds. You know they will attack any living thing. It drags any creatures it strikes into the pool to drown it. Weapons mm. rarely hurt the monster. If you decide you do not wish to fight this dreadful monster, you may choose to leave the key, the monster, and the room. If you decide to leave, you may leave the doorway on your left. You notice a cool breeze from this doorway. If you choose this route, turn to page 86. So you have leave the room, cool breeze hallway. I mean, like the warning that we first saw was basically just beware the water that isn't water. Mm-hmm. And it didn't give us any solutions. I think, Kevin, you are right in that if this is a, if this was a basilisk, you could like maybe reflect in yeah. a paralyzing stare with a shield. This is not a basilisk. This is a water weird. This is a water weird. There's a key for a lock that we haven't encountered yet. If this was a video game, I'd be like, I'll come back for that key if I see a lock I need. You know, Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm, yep. mm -hmm. I I don't know. I don't know what we're getting out of fighting this basilisk other than adventure. Fight it, adventure. (laughs) Want to fight the basilisk? Again, I'm carrying forward uh, with going directly into all adventure that presents itself to me. That's true. And also, like, I'm with Kevin. I'm so tired of corridors. Like another, another <laughs> yeah. like you want to go down another corridor. I'll choose anything no. over another corridor. And if we die here, Loris can you know tell our story. Yeah, or we'll drag him into the water with us. So be it, Loris. You lean against the far wall and try to figure out what to do next. Should we try to leave? Asks the halfling. Calm down, Loris. Let's think for a fucking minute. <laughs> Use your brain, Loris. Think. I fire God, off the gun once brain. into the air to calm <laughs> down. <laughs> 
This key is of great value. Otherwise, it wouldn't be so well protected. There must be some way of retrieving it. It might be possible to distract that creature. You pick up Loris and throw him across the room. (laughs) Yay! You creep up to the pool carrying a large rock and a rib bone with you. You have a sword. (laughs) Peering over the edge, you can see the key lying in the calm pool. The halfling covers his eyes. I can't look. Tell me what happens. (laughs) You heave the rock into the opposite side of the pool and the water weird lashes out, flailing the water into a furious froth. You quickly plunge the curved bone into the water and try and drag it across the bottom of the pool, trying to catch the key. Interesting. That's that's a good idea. So you distracted it with the rock. Okay. Uh, As you drag the bone across the pool, you feel a powerful jerk and the water weird pulls it from your grasp. The water weird sways above the surface of the pool, hissing. Finally, it submerges. The halfling peers through the slits of his fingers. He's still alive, he asks. (laughs) Of course I am, you snap. You're shaken but unhurt. (laughs) You didn't mean to lash out at Loras like this. (laughs) (laughs) He just just makes you so crazy sometimes. Carrick will regret that. It's just the corridors, Loras. I'm kind of losing my mind down here. (laughs) You're puzzled because the bone touched nothing solid in the pool. How can you see a key that's not there? If the key is not there, where is it? You search the rough ceiling and see a glimmer. (gasps) Moving to the far corner of the room, you see a gleam of gold and a flash of green, but you can't be sure that what you see is the key. Moving to the middle of the room, you can at last see that the mysterious key is attached to the ceiling by two thin wires. Yeah. I know where it is, you say, but how do I get it? An idea forms in your mind. Perhaps you can use your sword to pry the key from the ceiling, but you must catch it before it falls into the pool or it will be lost forever. Loris, come here, you say. I need help. Oh, we're going to fling the halfling, aren't we? Fastball special. Let's go. The halfling steps forward, trembling but ready. Get ready to catch the key, you say. You take off your cloak and hold it in your left hand. You hold your sword in the other. With a swift movement, you flip your cape over the surface of the well and sweep your sword upwards. Snap! You pry the key from the ceiling. It falls and lands in the cloak. Quickly, you flick your sword forward and catching the broad surface of the key, flip it away from the pool. Wow, this is a maneuver. Yeah, really. Yeah. It tumbles through the air and Loris leaps forward to catch it. He opens his hands and there you see the key. The water weird hisses in frustration and snaps at your cloak. You jerk your cloak from the water weird's grasp and step back. Loris proudly hands the key to you and you study its incredible beauty. Ooh. It lies heavy in your hand, sparkling with gold and jewels. Fuck yeah. Oh, I'd, say this, I'd say this adventure is done. We got the key. <laughs> We've got the key. There is nothing else. It's beautiful enough. We don't need the treasure. We'll pawn this and live like kings. <laughs> Uh, you study the key for several minutes longer, then it slip it into your pouch and tighten the strings. Glancing at the well one last time, you turn to continue your adventure. A cool breeze blows down the corridor on the left, and you can see that this corridor runs uphill. You can't see or hear anything in the right-hand corridor. Left or right? I'm going left towards the cool breeze. I'll always go towards the cool breeze. Yeah, the other option was, yeah, before, it was either fight the water weed or go down the left corridor. Right wasn't even an option. Yeah. So left seems like more of the primary path. All right. So, Not to metagame too much. but That was right. page 79. I can't wait to stab this wizard with a key. <laughs> it's a fighting key. Like sword. Yeah, it's a keyblade. <gasps> <gasps> when you walk away. When you don't hear me say, please, Oloris. Don't go. <laughs> All right. As you travel down this corridor away from the water weird, <laughs> you see that another passage opens to the left. Oh my god. <laughs> it's dimly lit, but you see nothing. 
Let's stay out of that corridor for now, you say, as you continue down the corridor. <laughs> you can see stone faces carved into the side of the corridor. <sighs> the faces have ugly, snarling features. Gosh, Carrick, Laura says saucily. Look saucily. at those ugly faces. <laughs> As you proceed, the carvings become larger. The corridor is now flanked by man-sized stone monsters with such hideous expressions you are almost too terrified to walk past them. Mm -hmm. They're only stone, Loris, you say, with more courage than you feel. The two of you creep along under the gaze of the stone monsters. A large torchlit room opens before you. Large wooden beams rise on both sides of the doorway. You notice the corridor continues on the other side of the room. More corridor! As you examine the room... (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, that's just bonus corridor. Oh my god. Oh my god, this is, this book is packed with corridor. Chalk full of corridor. <laughs> yeah, it's um it's a two bedroom, uh three bath, uh eighteen corridor, nineteen room. But they don't list as all the corridors, which is where your money really goes. <laughs> yeah. And it's next to a ki- next to a public school. Oh. <laughs> as you examine the room, you feel as though a thousand eyes are watching you. Before you stands the most horrible collection of statues you've ever seen. <laughs> it's Someone's Funko Pops. <laughs> <laughs> Stone monsters only a madman could imagine leer down at you from their pedestals. You stand in the doorway, too frightened to continue. It is well that you do so, for one of the statues moves. It is a living <gasps> gargoyle. Yes! Yes! Cool, put the key in them. It is the size of a man or two men standing next to each other. (laughs) Or back to back so that if they flipped over, they would never fall over. (laughs) But is the color of stone. Bat-like wings rise from its back, and it has knife-sharp hooks on its elbows and knees. A long spiral horn protrudes from its forehead. The gargoyle's hands end in long, sharp claws. It has a long, whip-like tail. The halfling presses to your side and raises his small shield to hide behind. You know gargoyles are ferocious predators that attack anything and love to torture their prey. You also know that they sometimes serve an evil master. It's possible that the gargoyle is Kalman's servant. Perhaps the wizard's near. Kill the goyle. Kill the goyle. If you think you must fight the gargoyle, even though it is one of the fiercest creatures you expect to meet in this dungeon, enter the room and turn to page 100. If you do not wish to fight the gargoyle, return to the dimly lit corridor you passed earlier and turn to page 81. I'm ready to fight. Set upon every villain. Nothing, nothing bad ever happened by turning to page 100. That's all I'm saying. No, yeah, that's a good number. They would never put a bad thing on page 100. No, they only put a cool thing on page 100. Ooh, gargoyle fight. Neato. The picture is pretty. <laughs> the picture is really pretty. Oh, yeah, this thing's got a unicorn horn. It's going to fuck you up. You doubt the corridor behind you holds anything less hideous than the gargoyle. Your heart races wildly. You decide to take your chances with the gargoyle. Slowly, you edge around the corner of the wooden beam on the side of the doorway. Loris, who has remained close by your side, stumbles over a rock. (laughs) Great job, Loris. You're doing wonderful. And falls full length upon the ground with a large fart. Your courage fails you, and and your feet refuse to move. You stand frozen with fear. The gargoyle swivels its ugly head in your direction and gives a terrible shriek. Leaping down from its pedestal, it prances and dances like a demon. Cool! (laughs) Flapping its wings, crumping and bumping at you, drawing closer and closer. Run, Carrick, run! Don't stop for me, cries the halfling. But you cannot leave your friend. 
the gargoyle's eyes fix on you, still standing in front of the wooden beam. The gargoyle is now only ten feet from you. It continues to prance about, showing you exactly what it plans to do with you. <laughs> it says. <laughs> I know exactly what that means and what he plans to do with me. Yeah, I speak gargoyle. At last, bored with taunting, the, gar- the gargoyle draws back and lowers its head until the spiral horn points at your chest. It runs toward you. Waiting until the last minute, you fall and lay at the base of the wooden beam. The gargoyle charges over you and, unable to stop its rush, <laughs> slams into the beam so hard it impales its horn deep in the wood. What a, ter- what a frightful enemy to encounter. <laughs> oh, fu- a fucking bull boss. <laughs> Every video game has one. Try as it might, it cannot pull its horn out of the beam. Its screams echo through the room and down the corridor. (laughs) 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 Feast arms and legs kick and flail, battering you. Quickly scrambling to your feet, you and Loris race off into the corridor on the opposite side of the room, slapping the gargoyle in the hams as you flee. We didn't make a choice there, right? No. Just clarifying? Nope, just go. You hear the echoing sounds of Ra-Ru. Ra-Ru. <laughs> this corridor is smooth and well lit, perfect for a breakfast nook or a study. <laughs> <laughs> Gripping your sword and your mirror-bright shield firmly as you stride down the passageway, you come to an archway in front of you. The sound of heavy breathing comes from beyond. <laughs> a cool breeze <laughs> blows down a tunnel running uphill on your left. Suddenly, mocking laughter rings out from the archway, and a deep voice says, Hee-hee! Well done, fighter. (laughs) Hello again, halfling. You surprised me. I had not thought to see you again. There's a long silence. Maybe we should turn back, says Loris. That sounded like common. (laughs) The treasure's probably pretty close, you say. I don't want to give up yet. You choose to seek the treasure and possibly face Kalman, the cool wizard. Go down the tunnel and turn to page 108. If you decide to avoid the wizard like a wuss, go back up to the corridor and turn left to page 81. I mean, we got to go towards the wizard, right? Wizard. Yeah. Well, you say, shaking yourself, I guess this is what we came for. If we've come this far, you might as well see it through. With great caution, the two of you approach a bend in the passage and slowly peek around the corner. A large cavern lies before you. Gold coins lie in heaps on the sandy floor. Gems sparkle every color of the rainbow over the entire floor. Heavy silver (laughs) bricks are stacked in great mounds near the walls. Your breath is taken away by the vast treasure, far more treasure than any person could ever use in a lifetime. On the floor. Damn. My apologies, (laughs) Loris, you say. I thought you were exaggerating, but you were not. It does seem like all the world's treasure is here. At last, reason returns to both of you. You're so dazzled by the treasure, you fail to notice some of the other details of this cavern. Two-inch iron bars protect the treasure. They would be impossible to break. The only opening in the barrier is a small iron door with an unusual keyhole shaped like a cross with a diamond on each end. Uh I fire my gun into it. Carrick, look at all the statues. Don't they look odd? You notice a number of statues standing around the iron bars. Some of them actually clutch the bars in their hands. The statues are remarkably lifelike. They are humans, halflings, yeah. elves, even a dwarf. What? I love this book now. Both of you, both <laughs> of you move closer, marveling at the workmanship of the statues. They are very lifelike. You're right, Loris. Look at their expressions. More than half wear expressions of horror on their faces. Many have raised hands, as though protecting themselves from danger. What kind of sculptor could have created such strange figures? Suddenly, a terrible thought enters your mind. Loris, you don't think these statues were not sculpted. Maybe they were living beings who were turned to stone. 
Remember the words written in the entrance? A day basilisk. Watch the water that is not water and beware the basilisk. I think we've stumbled into the basilisk's lair. The fate of the statues who were once living beings is now clear. Anyone unfortunate to look into the eyes of a basilisk instantly turns to stone. There's no escape. What can we do to protect ourselves? Asked the halfling. I don't want to be a Shiny statue. Shield. Shiny shield. Shiny shield. Quickly, you think of all you know about the dreadful creatures. A basilisk is a reptilian monster nearly 10 feet long. 10 feet long. The only way to protect yourself from turn to stone is to reflect the basilisk's gaze back into its own eyes, so it will be turned to stone. Suddenly, the heavy breathing becomes louder. Oh no, it's the basilisk. Don't dare turn around. <laughs> Loris, you whisper, don't turn around. Whatever you do, don't, don't turn, turn around. Don't turn around. <laughs> you stand in place, eyes tightly closed, trying to think of your next move. Evil laughter bursts forth, and a voice hisses, Do you know our secret, fighter? Come, turn turn around and meet my pet. Not many come this far, and none leave, except, of course, your small friend. It seems I made a mistake, but who expects worms to grow backbones? This dungeon is a profitable and pleasant place for me, and I do not intend to let you spoil my fun. (laughs) How is is this profitable for you? (laughs) Well, look at this fucking money. He's got all the riches in the world. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. All right. A wild plan forms in your mind. You don't know if it'll work, but it's worth a try. Anything's better than becoming the newest statue of the wizard's collection. I think you guys are going to win this. Quickly, you whisper your plan to Loris. Slowly, the two of you lower your heads and raise your shields at the same time. The highly polished surfaces cover your faces. (laughs) Perhaps you can reflect the horrible creature's gaze back into its own eyes and turn it to stone. You spin around to face the basilisk. You hear it hiss as it approaches and feel hot breath on your legs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Abruptly, there is a crunching, crackling, spr- splintering sound. Galman, you call out. We would go in peace. There is no answer. Carrick, the halfling says. The breathing is stopped. You peer out from behind her shield. At first, you see only sand. Then you see a scaly hide. But the hide is made of stone. The basilisk lies on its side in the sand, frozen forever in stone. Yeah, it worked, Loris. Know. Our plan worked. But where is Kalman, asked Loris. Maybe he fled. I definitely heard from behind our shield when the basilisk was coming at us. It went, this sucks, <laughs> as it turned to stone. Uh, as you touch the lock, an ear-splitting screech fills the room. Turning toward the sound, you barely have time to duck the bolts of lightning Kalman releases from his <gasps> fingertips. Lightning bolt, lightning bolt, screams Kalman. <laughs> <laughs> Turn my pet to stone, will you? The evil wizard screeches. Another lightning bolt sizzles through the air. You jump to the ground to avoid the deadly bolt, but Laura surprises you by running under the bolt and hitting Kalman square in the knees. The surprise wow! wizard falls. Come quick, Loris gasps. I can't hold him long. He's so much bigger than I. You jump to your feet and tugging at your cloak's clasp, run to help the halfling. You barely have time to drag Loris from the struggle before the wizard raises his hand to cast another spell. You fling your cloak over the wizard's <laughs> head and, and pull yes. Loris along. Run down the corridor out of the treasure room. What? As you, <laughs> as you clear the bend, Calvin screams, centipedes. I'll turn you both into centipedes. Try out new catchphrase. Ah, centipedes you turn left as soon as you clear his chambers you run breathlessly up this corridor for 10 minutes neither you nor the halfling says anything until you reach the end a boulder blocks the way you push but it does not budge hurry carrick loris urges he's coming you grasp at the boulder trying to get a better grip and you find a handle which you pull the boulder swings away from the corridor it was a secret door you rush out of the dungeon into crisp cool night air you do not stop running until you rest deep in the forest i think we'll be safe here you gasp well loris you say disappointed you did not get calman's treasure let's go home 
but the halfling is busy fishing something out of his pocket. <gasps> when his hand reappears, he holds two diamonds, each as large as a walnut. Oh, yeah. I know this isn't much, he grins, but I tried. Maybe Kalman got the best of us this time, he chuckled. But with those diamonds, we can buy the equipment we need and come back to chase him from his evil lair. The end. Yeah! Middle ending. I count that as a victory. Oh, totally. That's pretty good. Was was there a version where... I don't even know what we would have done differently to get all of the treasure. That feels like that was like the best ending. We we have to kill Kalman, not just throw a cloak over his head so he can't see for a little bit. I loved it. I loved I loved bum rushing him with a cloak. With a cloak fighter move. Yeah, we were, uh, that's a, a, a one of the most powerful uh, actions in du- Dungeons and Dragons, right? Yeah, that's a 15th level fighter ability is to throw a cloak over someone's head. Cloak craft. Yeah. It's Batman as hell. <laughs> this is a great adventure. Ke- Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. Excellent voices. Wow. Thank you. You 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 really powered through I think an untold amount of corridors. Just so many corridors and passages. Both literal and figurative passages. This was the Final Fantasy 13 of Choose Your Own Adventure books. <laughs> I gotta say, these uh, these uh, uh, Pick a Path Endless Quest books are fucking awesome. They're awesome. They are truly an endless quest, though. <laughs> yes. Yeah, how much of the book do you think we, we covered? I I'm think we only probably like... saw a third. Interesting. Okay. We we totally missed a scene with a a baboon drinking rum from a barrel. He was yeah. Where the fuck was that at? He was drinking his troubles away, and it was it looked very sad, like a sad, sad moment for that baboon. Yeah, Kevin, you did an amazing job as our BM. Thank you so much. Hey, I'll BM for you guys anytime you want. That was a pleasant BM, Kevin. Oh, hopefully, it was satisfying <laughs> for you guys. This oh was this is one we've been looking forward to a while because it's it's been hard to find these uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, adventures they're a little bit rarer yeah uh, but we also sometimes when we have a few to pick from we like to throw them up on our Patreon to let our viewers vote and select which we need to do soon uh, if you want to do that and also get access to our Discord and get bonus monthly episodes of Camp Goosebuds you can go to Patreon.com/slash/Goosebuds. What an incredible segue. Do that. Join us on Camp Goosebuds where we discuss all kinds of things and then make callbacks to it later. Uh, and sometimes in the book of names, there are calls callbacks to it, too, where you won't understand them unless you're there. It's really the expanded universe of Goosebuds. You want to be there. Also, I thought it was pretty cool that on our Discord, I noticed uh, several listeners uh, have been planning their own like hangouts reading Choose Your Own Adventure books. Which I oh, think that's pretty, cool. Pretty fucking rad. That's really neat. Yeah, so listen, friendship and fellowship also awaits for you on the Goosebuds Discord. Be the yeah. Loris to some to someone's Carrick on our Discord. <laughs> the world could use more Lorises. <laughs> Even though Loris allowed us to immediately die to a troll in that one universe, <laughs> yeah. I, I liked Loris a lot. You did a great job with him, Kevin. <laughs> I was channeling Bach, for sure. Thank you, my lord. <laughs> my lord. <laughs> All right, boys, I gotta go buy some Caltrops. <laughs> Uh, yeah everyone go buy some caltrops because the world's getting more and more dangerous we'll see you next time bye 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 This episode of Goosebuds is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon supporters. And now we shall read from the Book of Names. The Book of Names. The first name. <laughs> Stefan Jive Turkey Kuabara. 
the second name, and we're definitely not going to count all of these. Hollis Hornbeek. The third name, and this is the last you'll hear of it, I swear, is Cameron Murphy Audio. I'm bucking the trend. Michael McDowell. Hey, Josh Robb. Mickey C. Nathan Dolezal. Kelly C. Mike Lanteri. Buddy Morrill. Allocade. Mel Dipson. Low Belly Hate Me. Afsheen. Danky McStanky. Dango Twist. Brian Wells. This Monday night, the Nefarious Tentacles will match up against the Mysterious <gasps> Stranger at the Rite of Rumble. Oh! Be there. Oh! 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 I love it. Cool reference. That's a thing. That's a comic I did. I, lo- I love it. I clap. <laughs> Stealth Bates. Patrick Reynolds. Jason Crooker. Clay Castle. Miguel Pardo. John Keaty. Calf. Third Sergio. New episode of Paranoia Shop out now. <laughs> I can't even just, I can't even argue with Yoda voice. <laughs> Quentin. I am in your walls. Oh my. Gregory D. Warren. Alan Saylor. Cody Redfield. Bradford Coulter. Aiden Alexander Dice. R.E. Infected. Jar Jar Slinks. Justin Wagman. Chosen One. Levi Than. Uppin' Champ. Jonas Engman. Carl. Broccoli was here. Recipe still incoming. Just need to find a pretty bowl. <laughs> That's the, the thing that always stops me from cooking my recipes. Wow. The pretty bowl that I need for them. Yeah, I just, all my bowls are just like covered in mud. Yeah. <laughs> you guys need to get some prettier bowls, guys. <laughs> the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation is providing bowls for this show. Aw. Elusive Koala. Yanni Markovina. Alicia Grafe. Joe. Brooke X. Jesus Christ. Christian Van Skeever. Drew Applegate. Jeremy Love. Brian Hobgood. Zach Connor. Patreon underscore donator, comma, yo. Joe Spooky Digital Ghost. Tierney. Tom Whittem. Andrew Jadzik just sold his script for Homework Strike to A24. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> damn it. He goddamn scooped us. <laughs> Lord Cornwallis. Carson Birkenbean. Murph E.P. Jonas Blotterman. Tevin Ticklebean, Gnome Ranger. Sean uh, Kylie Minogue. I added the Kylie part. (laughs) Rushy Glenn. Wiggle it! Paul Grasso. Joe, regular name, Scott. Japanson. Matt McClellan. Alex Moon, the robotic dog. Sarah Kemp. Tanya Turtle. Vincent Modica. Luke Canoodles. Hugh Bolin. Zambambino. One Jalapeno. Keith Halgrove. Timothy Misadalakis. Clay McCarty. Matthew Stevens. Parker Lee. Nathan Remick. Need more kimchi. Ham underscore boat. Hey guys, Kevin here. Skip this if not cool. <laughs> Pretend friends. What's uh, what's going on? That's a fun name. We won't we won't say anymore. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Raymond Hernandez. Flemily. The Crowfens, but seasonal. Ooh, Matthew Sutton. Reed Steubendick. Lee Wood. Jeffrey Owen Cawhee. Joey Evans. Kelsey Kinneman. Carewise Gamgee. Russell Kastberg. Xavier Jimenez. Brandon Arafin. Liam Neeson's Doe. Chris Putricus. Scotty Pippen. Swaggy Yellow Squire. Cameron Hansen. Streak. Meet Virginia. Dungeon Kappa. Generally depressing. The Deadly Bulb. Boss Gerritsen. 
MC Hamster, Zach Weir, Limp Duck, Stinklitch, Alan G. Jessam, yeah, yeah, Ben Bohan. Wow, that was a good bet. Yeah, yeah, that was a good, yeah. Thank you, Adam Muth, Elden Slink, <laughs> terrifying. Hey, Anthony, I'm glad you're doing better. Keep up the good work. Mm-hmm. Ryan Stewart, Jonas and Avoldson, Calamity Carl, Nick Johnson, Estebena, Lord of Paul's Pants, <laughs> Stephen Day, The Davy Boy, Kenny M. Ryan Carroll, Jeremy Bowser, Kieran McNamara, Diet Soda, Megan McCormick Mason, Jackie Ledoux, Coleman Laguza, Lamb, <laughs> Ninja Breadman, <laughs> Got Little Old Moi Pretty Frenched, A Pair of Scots, Peanutburg Level 69, Levi Kidder, Dr. Chocula, David Gray, Jimmy Soul, Bryce Deary, Carb Sun, I am Cornholio, I need TP for my bunk <laughs> Mood Juice. Some of Chad's bird friends. But not all of them. Nicholas Maloney. Burger's theft bicycle. Now he'll never get his bed sheets back. I don't know if I completely understand that story, but I'm sorry about your bicycle. It's the reference back to camp to the last camp where we talked oh about my God. the bicycle thief. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> it's a bicycle thief reference. Bicycle thief oh reference. God. Deep, deep, deep film cut. Burger, what are you doing to us? <laughs> SSJ Trogdor. Midwest Indigo 13. Thomas Jensis. Aaron Lord. Eric Horowitz. Tiffany Lee. Dr. Eggdrop Soupman. Dunnage Warehouse. Lucretia. Lucretia McEvil. Elm Realm. Mutant Astronaut. Henry Torbear. Mike Spaghetti. Jones. Adam Knapp. Logan Derby. Brad Schmelzer. Chick. Chris. Milk Punk. David Lynch. Triple X. Brandon Frazier. Six, six, six. Mr. Misfire. Mandy Nasty. Llama Lad. Skeletorin. Soggy Newspapers. Wagmar Wigmir. Dakota Camp. John W. Philip Reynolds. Detroit Red. Nathan Gurney. 976 EVIL. RR Davis Crafts Reanimator. <laughs> That's what... Scott Wable. Kit Bush. Kiwi of Lerve. Serial Killer X. That's Dr. Mr. Unimportant to you. Doctors. <laughs> Uh, Josh Howe. <laughs> Allie Safe. Liam Rogers. I want to say that one more time. Allie Safe. Liam Rogers. Evan Bowen. Zach Bentley. Benjamin Luther. Dennis Wright. Jover the Moon. Greg Musto. Cameron Gonzaveld. Vosivi. Matt Scepter. Greg Urazzi, a.k.a. Vitazen. Hi. Hi. Dakota Kipper. Chad's Chard <laughs> Chunky Chode. What happened oh to my Chode? God, your Chode. Rip. Anthony Rodriguez. B. Hi. First time, long time. Allie Rose. Sprinkle Buns. Jeff Webb is a big baby, and now that it's been said on a podcast, <laughs> it is definitely true. I'm not attacking someone who doesn't listen to the podcast. Am I, Jeff Webb? <laughs> or Jeff Webb's quote-unquote friend. <laughs> Julius, the nice dragon, who would never, who would never call it <laughs> his never friend. Who would thing. never say anything wrong about Jeff Webb. Reverend Odin's Eyehole, MD Esquire. Ooh, doctors. More doctors. <laughs> Turaku, the thing that goes doink in the anime. Hilda B, doctor lawyer. I made that part up about the doctor lawyer. <laughs> Spencer, why? <laughs> Oh, it's me. <laughs> it's you. James Stavrinos. Jonathan McAneesh. Gelato-coon. Ooh, fun. Jonathan Gonzalez. Kate the Great. Mike Hart. 
Chris Byers. And welcome, Papa underscore Snack. And welcome, Gulliver. You have become trapped forever amongst us in the Book of Names. Flypaper. The work of the people. Owned by the people. Supported by the people. Visit flypaper.fm.